Stop lying about our president. Stop it. Grow up. Seriously, grow up, man. I feel bad for you. Stop lying about Donald Trump. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 325 of your listener-produced, listener-supported, I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jessie Dollamore, and sitting in her chair, like humans do, my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. Hashtag third episode. <laughs> Hashtag third episode. Mm-hmm. Good times. Making good on our promise. To have three episodes. Well, we we are we are we are nothing but a but a, a show of its word. Yeah, almost said a man of our word. Yeah. So we didn't really go into detail about our trip. Yeah. Too much detail because mm-hmm. it really could have taken up an entire episode talking about the trip. Yeah. We. <laughs> and maybe this is coming on the heels of too much poop talk. Yeah, probably too much. Talking about farting on planes and poop particles. It's a little too much. Ingesting other people's fecal particles. Yeah. (laughs) Some people listen to this on their lunch. That's true. Yeah. Good for them. (laughs) Uh, We went to a concert while we were in Washington State at the Gorge, which, by the way, is a beautiful, beautiful concert venue. Mm -hmm. The Hell's Canyon or whatever. The Columbia River Gorge is right there. Quite a project, yeah. Though because you have to camp. Yeah, it's not. It, seriously, talk about building a a concert venue out in fucking BFE. Yeah, it's out. There's nothing. It's what two hours from Spokane, mm-hmm. and we were staying on the on the east side of Spokane near the Idaho border. Goddamn, it, it's a it's a scene getting out there. Yeah, and because it's such a scene getting out there, there's. It's not like you can go down to the local 7-Eleven readily and, you know, squat on a potty and take a dump or even for ladies sitting down and taking a piss. I just... Too crass. I don't understand what's happening with your language right now. My language? Yeah. Sorry, Grandma. Take a dump or take a piss. (laughs) What? What's going on? Anyway. Any Hillary bitches on here? Oh, you beat me <laughs> to it. Yeah. Baby. That's what you're reminding me of. We got some Hillary bitches on here. You want to take Come it down? Come on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all this to say that it is a countryside covered in porta potties. Yeah. Or honey buckets, as yeah. they are affectionately referred to. Yeah. And this was quite... Alarming. To it's me. a predicament for Brittany Page. Well, I haven't been in a porta potty since I was probably ten. You were forced to use one at least twice during the trip. I was, and it was very unfortunate. But here's the thing: it's 2017. It's almost 2018. Yeah, yeah. We're on the other side. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, we've done some pretty amazing things. There's We've some landed th- on the moon. There's been some great technological <laughs> advancements, and it seems like we're past the point of just having to look at someone else's poop in a bucket when you go to the bathroom. Well, let's not get ridiculous. First of all, you're not. It's not in a bucket. It's, and why are you looking at other people's poop? It's basically because it's just there. It's. So because it's there, you got to look at it. Uh, I, Talk about poop articles. Anyway. Listen, it's light in there. I wish it wasn't <laughs> uh, because then I wouldn't have to see. I'm scarred for life. For well, maybe, what I saw. maybe it's one life. of those situations where, you know, you can't build a better mousetrap. And this is as good as it gets. It can't be. Is just a, a stinky plastic. It cannot be the case. Rocket capsule 
It, it just, with a bucket in the bottom. No. And you staring at somebody else's leavings. Come on. It. <laughs> like I said, 2018, right? You would think so. Can't someone figure this out? Someone smarter than me, please. <laughs> well, you don't have occasion to use a porta potty or a honey bucket all the time. I know, but if I ever have way, to again, honey bucket, come on, that's what needs to be changed. It's an insulting name. Yeah, it is not a honey. There was not honey in there. <laughs> that was not honey. So, needless to say, Brittany Page was uh, having to strategize mm-hmm. the entire trip <laughs> about when. I think it probably even it informed what you ate and drank, knowing that the end result would be having to spend a little time in the uh, the antiquated system of pooping and peeing. I did not touch anything in there. So yeah, you did. No, I didn't. You were licking the walls, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. Bad times. Listen, we have a a monumental announcement. Yes. Probably overselling it, but uh, we now are are working with Teespring. Yep. To bring you, I doubt it, with dollar more branded products. Yeah. People have been asking for this for a long time, and we always said, oh, well, we don't know how we would design a t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. Also, when we sold the mugs... Kind of a pain in the dick. Well, because we did it ourselves. Yeah, we, we ordered were, the mugs, had right. them delivered to the studio, and then we would mail them out ourselves. <laughs> and Teespring solves all of this, all of these problems for us. Right. They also have the 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 manpower to do it more cost effectively. Yeah. So they handle all of the shipping. They handle all of the orders, and it's it's great. All we did was put our products in there. You guys can go buy them, they ship them to you, and it's great. So what we have, first of all, the web address is goofy when you go to Teespring. So I, all you have to do is go to dollamore.info, mm-hmm. dollamore.info, and it'll take you to the store. And we made what I think is awesome is a hashtag classy laid shirt. It says hashtag classy laid across the front. And then on the back, at the base of the neck, at the top of the shirt, is the I Doubt It With Dollamore logo. Yep. So it's, <laughs> I think it's hilarious and awesome. Yeah, well, there's the women's t-shirt, the women's tank top. There's a men's shirt with Classy Laid on it. There's a mug. I think I'm going to get a Classy Laid shirt. There's a tote. I love the tote. I'm going to get the tote. There's Classy Laid. And then there's also just Dollamore branded Bullshit. Yeah, with the logo. Mugs with a shit ton of different colors. Yeah. T-shirts, a shit ton of different colors. Yep. With just the logo on the front. Yes. And totes, both sides. And then after we put this store up, we got a recommendation or a request, I guess, to add a another T-shirt, which oh, is You're the Puppet. Oh, You're the Puppet. That's right. Yeah. So we have a You're the Puppet T-shirt. You're the Puppet. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, if you guys want a, 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 another way, another avenue to support the show financially, help produce the show, that's the awesome way. Go to dollamore.info and check out the products. And everything you see on the front there, that's not the extent of the colors. That's just what they put up as the example. So we love you guys. Thank you for your support ongoing. Whether you have the means to buy a product or give on Patreon, or just listen. We love you guys. We are we are passionate about moving the conversation forward and you know having a having a good time while we do it. All right. Well, a little follow up. Last time on the show, we talked briefly about the Trump administration um, kind of being spearheaded by Jeff Sessions, who is not a racist at all. Everybody. Um, Making a an effort to protect the most denigrated and oppressed class of people in the United States. Of course, I'm talking about white people. <laughs> and uh, we have some numbers here about what is probably driving, other than just basest levels of racism in their bloodstream, what is driving this motivation to do this? 
Well, Christopher Ingram at the Washington Post wrote this great article. It's entitled, White Trump Voters Think They Face More Discrimination Than Blacks. The Trump Administration is Listening. So his argument is essentially that white Trump voters believe there is this anti-white bias. White white Trump voters, which is pretty much all Trump voters. Believe that there's an anti-white bias and that it's a serious problem and that the Trump supporter is responding to this in a way that will make that base happy. Yeah. And he references a Huffington Post YouGov survey from last fall that found that Trump voters believe that whites are discriminated against uh, more than Muslims, blacks, Jews, and Latinos. God damn. Yes. So from this poll, the percent of Trump voters saying each group faces a lot of discrimination in the United States today. This was, quote, a lot of discrimination in the United States today. Yeah. White people, 45%. Muslim people, 40%. Wow. Black people, 22%. See, that, that I don't know how to explain that other than, and, you know, I, I hate to, you know, it sounds like a dog whistle, but that's racist thought to me. But, well, let's Where Muslims, yeah, we see how they're kind of maybe being discriminated against, but blacks, ah, they got it good. That, that's... That's weird. So the survey found that Trump voters were more than twice as likely to say that white Americans faced a lot of discrimination when compared to blacks, Jewish people, or Latinos. So he also referenced a 2011 study which found that white people believe anti-white bias has worsened over the decades to the point that they think it's now a more serious problem than bias against blacks. That study opened with a quote from Jeff Sessions. Of course it did. A 2009 quote. And it said, quote, empathy for one party is always prejudice against another. That is a ridiculous sentiment. And that is exactly what fuels the all lives matter and the blue lives matter movement. So the argument here is that white people see the... The, the situation improving for black Americans. And if that is the case, that that must be happening at the expense of white people. That, that's basically what the, the argument is. They here. believe it's a zero sum game. Right. And black people don't see it that way. So in these surveys, quote, black respondents in our surveys, meanwhile, report believing that outcomes for blacks can improve without affecting outcomes for white Americans. Of course they can. So there's a disparity here in how white Americans view improving conditions and how that affects them and how black people view their improving conditions and how that affects white people. Again, it is when you're so used to dominance and supremacy, equality seems like oppression. Equality, when the, the, the playing field levels, it seems like white people are getting screwed over. Or at least those who are not clear thinking and open-minded about things. Let's let's take a look at this from a different perspective. Let's say the pay gap for women, which isn't as pronounced as the activists would have you believe, but it's still there. If women start being paid parity with men, on, on par with men, that doesn't take away from men. It's not at the expense of men. It might be at the expense of their supremacy. And their power, but it is not taking away from what they make. And the same thing could be said with the situation with African Americans in this country. It, this is again fueled by low information, fearful voters. So Christopher Ingram goes on to say, white Americans' zero-sum framing is not supported by data. Across any number of available metrics, income, wealth, education, life expectancy, you name it, white people continue to fare significantly better than their black counterparts. But the Trump administration's move is likely to validate these beliefs, making them strongly and more widely held among Trump's base. Some progressive groups like the Century Foundation have in recent years moved towards supporting income-based affirmative action policies rather than race-based ones as a way of diffusing the racial tensions across 
or, or surrounding college admissions. Hmm. A Gallup poll last year found that aside from direct measures of academic achievement, like grades, SAT scores, and course selection, economic considerations were the admissions factor most widely supported by members of the general public. Race-based measures were near the bottom of the list. Hmm. Well, listen, I, I think that if we are truly trying to make things better, I, I don't see that, that making things an economic, having the economic metric be the, the mark by which we, we make adjustments, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Because ultimately, that's what we're trying to, look, if you've got a rich black family and they're getting the advantage let's say, in college admissions, that's, that's not really doing the job that was initially intended. It is to give a hand up to people living in poverty. So, look, not an easy issue, but, but overall, white people are not the, the, the brunt, receiving the brunt of, <laughs> of discrimination in this country. That's just, I mean, look at the list of presidents that we have, 45 presidents, 44 of whom are fucking white guys. Mm -hmm. If you look at the list or you look at these photos of Trump with his cabinet or Trump with the Republican Congress, the party in power right now, it's fucking white guys. Mm -hmm. White people, me included, are not worse for the wear. We're not lacking opportunities. It's just it's fear mongering bullshit that is being politically predicated because of... I mean, it's a cycle. The, 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 the Justice Department goes through with this, which deepens the fear in the, the electorate, which spurs on the Justice Department to keep doing things like it's doing. It's just that, that, that uh, damaging cycle. Shitty. Right, and I I had someone comment on this because I shared it on Facebook, and they mentioned that white white Trump voters might feel this way because of the perceived quote vilification of all things white, hmm. <laughs> and I I just I don't think that that's a a compelling argument when compared to what Christopher Ingram talks about and how they they might be feeling that the improving conditions in these marginalized communities are actually what motivates that, that feeling that, that they're being discriminated against now because yeah. they're not the top dog. Yeah. Well, things are better for blacks. Yeah. They gotta be worse for me. Yeah. Or if maybe something did happen in their life this year or the last few years, economically or whatever, it must be because things are getting better for black folks. Yeah, and then on... That's what they think. That's not what I think. <laughs> uh, yes. In, the, in some of the Facebook comments, it was kind of this discussion of, well, when you tell someone to check their privilege, that hurts their feelings, and that then uh, they feel discriminated against. Well, one, I hate the phrase, check your privilege. So l let's get that out of the way. However, someone's weak feelings, that come on. Well, I mean, those Come are the... Come on, and that goes for both sides. Well, one, those are the same people that call everyone snowflakes. But yes, two... That's, that's true. <laughs> two, I, I used to be someone who didn't appreciate hearing that phrase. And then I started to listen about what, what was actually the meaning there. What were they yeah. trying to get me to hear when that was said? And <laughs> if you just listen to what, what that means... What what that means when they're trying to get you to address your privilege? Yeah, it's not meant to have you shut up. No, no, no. I know it's not. I just I hate the phrase because I've heard it so much, and every time I hear it, seemingly it comes from a certain type. Check your privilege. You better check your privilege. Yeah, it's not. It's not meant to be. Let's analyze. Let, let's let's be circumspect about what our privileges are and incorporate that into our worldview. It's check your privilege. Yeah, listen. For me, it's just, you know, it, it, it grates at me. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that saying that to someone in a discussion is not helpful. Right. 
I, I don't think it's helpful. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. think there's a better way to have someone recognize a bias that they have or um, a lack of understanding that they have yeah. than barking that phrase at them. Because that is going to shut down conversation. It is going to drive someone into a corner where they feel like they need to lash out in a way that's probably not appropriate or best for an uh, intellectual discussion. And you know how much I love to lash out in ways that are not appropriate. Yeah, but... Saying that someone who makes a comment and then is told, listen, you don't have the full understanding here. I need to try to open your worldview a little bit, then feels discriminated against because of that. That's is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a leap, I think. Yeah, me too. And listen, I, I, I think the intent of the check your privilege, I, I just want to put a put a button on this. Um, uh, the intent of it is good for me. It's just the because I do believe white. Obviously, I believe white privilege is a thing. I believe privilege in general is a thing. Male privilege is a thing. Uh, just about every every person on the planet has su- privilege in some nuanced way. Some just far far greater than others. For me, it's not the intent that they have to get me to check my privilege, quote unquote. But it's the the matter with which it's said. I hope I communicated that well enough. All right. Well, that was good. Thank you. That, Brittany Page. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. No new patrons. Every once in a while we do a show where there's not any new patrons and this happens to be one of them. So if, once again, if you are on the fence about supporting the show and you're in a financial situation where you can spare the two or three or five or whatever dollars per month to help us produce the show, we would love it. We would be forever in your debt and you can do so by going to dollamore.com, left-hand side of the page, support the show, all kinds of ways. We love you guys. Thank you for everything you do. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So it is no surprise to anybody who has had their ears and eyes open for the last six months, well, two two and a half years, that Donald Trump is a liar. That Donald Trump is an unabashed, filthy, disgusting, pig-headed liar. Now, I think he's a really honest guy. Um, <laughs> I'm just you're, really, we, you're coming around yeah. to the Donald Trump, huh? Don't worry. We're not going to do that for much longer, guys. <laughs> not the greatest idea. Yeah. So he's in a lot of trouble this week. Well, listen, this news cycle is fucking insane. We, we couldn't have picked a better week or two to do hashtag third episode. Yes. Because there's no shortage of shit to talk about. Donald Trump recently, a while back, said this about the Mexican president and what he said to him on a phone call about our border security. As you know, the border was a tremendous problem and now close to 80 percent stoppage. And even the president of Mexico called me. They said their southern border, very few people are coming because they know they're not going to get through our border, which is the ultimate compliment. So... In that clip, he is asserting that he had a phone call with the Mexican president, Enrique Peña Nieto, in which the Mexican president said, hey, listen, well, you guys are doing a bang-up job on the border there, brother. So much so that immigration through our southern border has curtailed because they know they're not going to be able to get through at the U.S. border. Well, the media looked into this and asked some questions, and the Mexican government came out and made a statement and said, yeah, nah, no such thing was said. We did not make a call. We did not say that to the president of the United States. Effectively, Donald Trump's a fucking liar. There's another case this week. Well, Donald Trump said that the Boy Scouts, we were on vacation when this happened, but 
Donald Trump gave a speech to the Boy Scouts to thousands of children where he went on this political speech, just insane. He was cursing, talking about his political wins. He was saying, damn in hell. Hmm. That's, you're in front of, you know, Boy Scouts. Come on. Yeah. Bernie was questioning the cursing remark. I made a face. Um, He, (laughs) I... My my uh, bar for cursing is quite high. I <laughs> you're goddamn right. I, uh, I I don't think that's the strangest thing about his speech to the Boy Scouts. He also went on a strange rant about someone that he knew that lost his momentum. He he went on this long jag about momentum, right? And was talking about like this guy saw him at part a party and he was like downtrodden and he went over to him and said hey man what happened oh donald i lost my momentum you know i just lost it you can't ever lose your momentum i mean it was the weirdest thing well he's a he's an idiot and he he started off his speech saying he didn't want to talk about politics who wants to talk about politics when i'm in front of all the boy scouts but let me do it yeah well here's (laughs) what i'm gonna do yeah So anyway, after the speech, there was so much uproar that the Boy Scouts issued a statement, issued an apology for what took place. So much so that I doubt that the president's going to be invited back, which is a tradition to speak to the Boy Scouts. I don't think he's going to be invited back next year. It'll It'll be interesting to see what happens. But Donald Trump said that he had a phone call with that official and they thanked him for his speech and said it was the greatest speech they'd ever heard and it was the most well-received thing that they'd had happen. Well, the Boy Scouts had to issue another statement and say there was no such phone call and that their apology, their public statement, their apology still stands. All this to say that there are new issues related to Donald Trump and phone calls and lies that he has told. Who's going to pay for the wall? Who? It was a key campaign promise pushed by then-candidate Donald Trump time and again. Not just a wall on the border with Mexico, but a wall that Mexico will fully fund. We're going to build a big, beautiful wall. A big, beautiful wall. And we're going to have a door in the wall, and people are going to come into our country. But what are they going to do? They're going to come in legally. Who's going to pay for the wall? Who's going to pay for the wall? Who's going to pay for that wall? But in transcripts of President Trump's January phone call with Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto obtained by the Washington Post, it's clear there are cracks in that promise of a wall. In the call, Mr. Trump says, if you're going to say that Mexico is not going to pay for the wall, then I do not want to meet with you guys anymore because I cannot live with that. I am willing to say that we will work it out, but that means it will come out in the wash, and that is okay. Believe it or not, this is the least important thing that we are talking about. But politically, this might be the most important. Peña Nieto stood firm, saying, but my position has been and will continue to be very firm, saying that Mexico cannot pay for that wall. The president's response But you cannot say that to the press. The press is going to go with that, and I cannot live with that. You cannot say that to the press because I cannot negotiate under those circumstances. Thank you very much. The president also appears to chalk up his victory in the New Hampshire primary to the state's opioid drug crisis. Mr. Trump tells the Mexican president, I won New Hampshire because New Hampshire is a drug-infested den. That comment drew bipartisan criticism from New Hampshire officials, with the state's GOP governor saying the president is wrong. It's disappointing his mischaracterization of this epidemic ignores the great things the state has to offer. Democratic Senator Maggie Hassan was even tougher. His words were disgusting. They're an outrage. And my message really is this. He should stop insulting people and instead work with us to get the resources to our state and states all around the country who are also challenged by this epidemic. Another leaked transcript comes from the president's call with the Australian prime minister that reveals the two leaders bickering over an Obama administration plan to welcome refugees from Australia. During the conversation, the president says he had a much friendlier call earlier in the day with Russia's Vladimir Putin. It is an embarrassment to the United States of America, and you can say it just the way I said it. I will say it just that way. As far as I'm concerned, that is enough, Malcolm. I have had it. I've been making these calls all day, and that is the most unpleasant call all day. Putin was a pleasant call. This is ridiculous. The president had said that any reports of a testy call were fake news. 
The tense exchange leaked earlier this year made a splash on Saturday Night Live. I'm tired and cranky and I feel like I could just freak out on somebody. Then maybe you should call Australia. Mr. Trump, thank you for still accepting our refugees. Homie, say what? <laughs> no refugees. America first. Australia sucks. Your reef is failing. Prepare to go to war. <laughs> so now that this information is out there and we know how these phone calls actually went, you have conservatives running to say that this is bad, that this yeah. is not good that it's damaging to our country. I can see maybe one argument that I've, that I've seen, which is world leaders will not have confidence that their conversations with President Trump... With Trump, not going forward. I don't buy that it's going to be in perpetuity. It's just with Trump. That they will remain private. I could see how someone might feel that way and how that would be a problem. Yeah. However, I think it's very important that... We understand the gravity of the situation, and up until this point, we could say, well, Donald Trump seems like a turd, and... We could say that. He acts like a turd, but maybe he's behind the scenes doing this work well, right? Right. That's just his public persona. Yeah. Now we know that things are not going well behind the scenes either. They might be even worse behind the scenes. Right, and his attempt to make his, I'm a phenomenal businessman, so I can do this job, that maybe that's not how this goes. It is weird to me, Bill O'Reilly especially, he, he tweeted, he said, someone leaked transcripts of private phone calls between the president and leaders of Mexico and Australia. Incredible, awful for country. These people who are putting this out there, that it's so terrible for the country, it's almost as though they're trying to get across that, like, the media hacked into the White House and, and, and got this information in some weird way. Officials in the White House are leaking this to the press. It's from the White House that this is coming. This isn't some visitor who just happened upon the transcript and then leaked it. These are people who work for Donald Trump, who are so alarmed at his behavior that they want the public to know what kind of shit is going on. Right. For him to, to beg Nieto, oh, no, don't, don't tell the press that. Don't. It's going gonna, it's gonna to burn me politically. And that the wall is not even the most important thing. It's just a political thing. I've been talking about this for two years. You got to back me up on this. Yeah, the, the begging and the pleading and... It's fucking weird. He says that he's so strong, that Hillary was so weak, Obama's so weak, all these people are so weak for their inability to make deals. And then we have these leaked transcripts, and what do we see here? Is this the strength? Is this a strong diplomat? No, is he's, that what we're saying? he's a conflict-averse pussy, is what he is. Well, we know that he's conflict-averse because he feels very uncomfortable firing people to their right. face. That's right. He does it over Twitter and like doing, a real man does. Yeah, doing any kind of hands-on management. Like you think a good businessman would actually have that skill, right? Then the other thing is uh, the drug-infested den of New Hampshire. Mm. Donald Trump held town halls where he met with, with families who have lost... Their children to drug addiction, to overdose. He looked them in their eyes and told them, your son's looking down and he's proud of you. Faking like he gave a shit. And then he tells President Nieto, oh yeah, I won New Hampshire because it's a drug infested den. Well, one, you didn't win New Hampshire, dick. You may have won in the primaries, but that doesn't really matter. Hillary Clinton won New Hampshire. And to speak about it, this very real problem of drug addiction and drug overdose in our country, in the, that manner to a foreign leader, is beyond the pale. And then there's another comment where he's talking to Malcolm Turnbull of Australia, and he says, I'm the greatest person in the world who doesn't want to let these 2,000 refugees in. I'm the greatest person in the goddamn world? Well, let's, let's take a step back. 
because I want to talk about what this call specifically was about. So Turnbull was trying to get Donald Trump to understand that they cannot accept refugees that arrived by boat because he doesn't want to create this untenable situation where people are desperately trying to get to Australia by boat because they know Australia will accept them by boat. Right. Putting him in a difficult situation, but also putting refugees in a dangerous situation. This is not like traveling from Cuba to the United States, which is just a few miles. Right. Australia is an island unto itself. It's a continent, but it is... It is far from anything, especially the countries at the north. Right. So he was trying to explain to him, listen, we have 1,200 or so. 1,250. Right. Refugees. A a previous agreement made by the Obama administration. Right. And he was trying to get him to understand that, well, these are just people that arrive by boat, but we can't accept them because I don't want to set a precedent that, that Australia is going to be accepting people by boat. And he gave the reasons that I just stated. Yeah. Donald Trump was incapable of understanding and repeatedly asked questions like, well, why are you holding them prisoner or something like that? I mean, he was asking, like, why are you keeping them locked up? God damn. Why are you? And he was saying, you're going to be quicker than that. He's saying, listen, they're not like being held. They're we just can't accept them. You know, yeah. they're not prisoner. They're not dangerous. Like you can vet them and you can accept however many you want, or you can accept none. Like that's the point of this deal. You're going to vet them before you take them. Yeah. And he just was refusing to understand what's going on. Even though according to Donald Trump, he is the greatest person in the world. Quote unquote. Goddamn. Well, listen, it's not just us. The lovely and always entertaining Anna Navarro had something to say about it, too. Well, listen, the fake news and the lying doesn't even surprise me anymore, right? The one thing we know he is consistent about, Trump, is lying. The real story here is that you have the Prime Minister of Australia having to explain policy to him like you teach a four-year-old how to read. A is for apple, B is for boy, C is for cat. The president of the United States was completely ignorant and clueless as to the policy that they were discussing. It was cringe-inducing. It was painful for any American to feel embarrassed by the lack of knowledge of this president. It is astounding the level of leaks of this White House. Forget a new chief of staff. He needs to hire a plumber to take care of these leaks. You are leaking conversations with foreign leaders. This is not about who he's having dinner with. These are conversations with foreign leaders. How is any foreign leader going to trust speaking to the president of the United States? And on the Mexican phone call, his base should be feeling very duped today because he wasn't telling President Peña Nieto, you got to pay for the wall. He was saying to him, shut up. Stop saying you're not going to uh, pay for the wall because you're making me look bad. It was all about how he looks, not the substance. So, exactly, obviously. But seriously, she's a boss. Yeah, this is what I was saying specifically about how the Australian prime minister was trying to hold his hand like, no, here, this is what I'm saying to you. This is how this works. Well, why are you keeping them locked up? Why don't you let them out of prison? Yeah. Okay. again, they're they're not in prison. Right. We've all dealt with these people. And Donald Trump's one of these people. And and let me tell you, Malcolm Turnbull's not. He's not a genius either. He's not super popular in Australia. And he had to take the reins here. Yeah, he even had to reiterate the number, which was 1250, right? 1250, and Donald Trump kept saying 2000. He said, I've even heard it's 5000. <laughs> and he had to say, no, we've already made the deal. It's 1250. Yeah, the deal is done. The Obama administration already did it. You you have an obligation to carry through with American policy, you fucking idiot. And then he asks, who made the deal? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Omarosa made the deal, yeah, Donald Trump. Gary down at the subway. You know, he, he, he does a lot of American policy. Yeah. Who do you fucking think did the deal? Uh, yeah. Well, look. There have been developments in the uh, on the Mueller team. Big developments. We'll, we'll talk about the grand jury, but first, let me talk about the fact that he is he is switching. 
the way I see it, there are three separate investigations right now with the special prosecutor. You have your collusion investigation. You have your obstruction of justice investigation. And now there is a third investigation, which very well may be the straw that breaks this camel's back. And that is investigating the money. Does anyone really believe that story? The Russia investigation continues to widen as federal investigators explore the potential financial ties of President Trump and associates to Russia. Sources tell CNN financial links could offer a more concrete path to any potential prosecution. For the president, that's going too far. He's warned that delving into his businesses is a, quote, violation. Trump has maintained there's no collusion and he has no financial ties to Russia. And I can tell you, speaking for myself, I own nothing in Russia. I have no loans in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. Now, one year into this complex probe, the FBI has reviewed financial records related to the Trump Organization, the president himself, as well as his family members and campaign associates. CNN has told investigators have combed through the list of shell companies and buyers of Trump-branded real estate properties. They've scrutinized the roster of tenants at Trump Tower in Manhattan, reaching back several years. And officials familiar with the investigation tell CNN special counsel Robert Mueller's team has examined the backgrounds of Russian business associates connected to Trump. From Moscow, it's Miss Universe 2013. Going back to the 2013 Miss Universe pageant he hosted in Moscow. Thank you to Aras Agalarov and the focus group for their amazing hospitality. CNN could not determine whether the review has included Trump's tax returns. But even investigative leads that have nothing to do with Russia but involve Trump associates are being referred to the special counsel to encourage subjects of the investigation to cooperate. The entire thing has been a witch hunt. President Trump, keenly aware of the increased financial focus, regularly denounces the investigation. Russia is fake news. Russia, this is fake news put out by the media. Trump's team seeking to limit Mueller's investigation. The president's point is that he doesn't want the special counsel to move beyond uh, the scope and outside of its mission. And the president's been very clear, as have uh, his accountants and team, that he has no financial dealings with Russia. And so I think we've been extremely clear on that. CNN has learned new details about how Mueller is running his special counsel team. More than three dozen attorneys, FBI agents and support staff experts in investigating fraud and financial crimes, broken into groups focused separately on collusion and obstruction of justice. There is also focus on targets like Paul Manafort, Trump's former campaign manager, and General Michael Flynn, his fired national security advisor. CNN has learned that investigators became more suspicious of Manafort when they turned up intercepted communications that U.S. intelligence agencies collected among suspected Russian operatives, discussing their efforts to work with Manafort to coordinate information that could hurt Hillary Clinton's bid for the White House, according to U.S. officials. In Flynn's case, the focus is now on his lobbying work for the Turkish government, which he failed to initially disclose as required by law. While both men deny any wrongdoing, the approach to the Manafort and Flynn probes may offer a template for how the focus by investigators on possible financial crimes could help gain leverage and cooperation in the investigation. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders in that clip said that the president, his his main talking point throughout this whole thing has been that he doesn't want them to go outside the scope of the investigation. Right. Okay. Right. Whatever that means. (laughs) Number one. Number two, these are professionals. Let's just go ahead and let them do what they're going to do. But this is the new talking point that everyone has. Kellyanne Conway yesterday with Chris Cuomo on CNN used the term out on a fishing expedition mm-hmm. and Ken Starr just made this comment Ken Starr, as well. Let me, for the audience's edification, Ken Starr led the Whitewater investigation, which started off investigating a land deal made by the Clintons and ended up impeaching the president because of obstruction of justice and lying because of terrible behavior, but sexual activity in the Oval Office with Monica Lewinsky. Not a fishing expedition at all, huh? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, he told CNN 
today, quote, we do not want investigators and prosecutors out on a fishing expedition. And according to the Daily Beast, he took substantial criticism during the Clinton years for his extensive probe, often seen as overreaching the scope of his initial investigation and expressed concerns that special counsel Bob Mueller might be doing the same in his investigation of Russia interference. How fucking tone deaf is that? How blind to the, the, the optics is Ken Starr? Also, notable, he's using the same language and talking points from the White House. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's something to note. Because they're going to start using this phrase, this fishing expedition phrase. Yeah. And you can expect Trump supporters to be using this phrase on social media in the coming <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, you can. Because they have no original thoughts of their own. Yeah. They take their, their rhetorical marching orders... From the White House. Yeah. To Ken Starr's credit, uh, he, he, <laughs> he said... Are you saying that with a caveat? Uh, or just you're cringing having to say those words? Just a little cringe. He said, quote, I do think it is certainly a serious matter when a special counselor is accused, and I was certainly accused of that, of exceeding his or her, author- his or her authority. That's a serious matter because we do not want investigators and prosecutors out on a fi- fishing expedition. Ugh. So he did own up to being accused of that. However, it's not as though this accusation has been coming from notable people. It's coming from him. Yeah. So. Not not just from notable, but he's not credible in this arena. Yeah. You don't get to criticize the very thing you made your name on. The reason anybody knows your fucking name, Ken Starr, is because of the fishing expedition that you went on. And no one credible is accusing Robert Mueller, someone with a sterling reputation, sterling integrity. No one is accusing him of going beyond the scope of his investigation or going on a fishing expedition. Yeah. No one. Yeah, I don't believe that Donald Trump either through his Twitter or through his own mouth with verbal statements has commented on this aside from the retweet of Fox and friends. (laughs) uh, Judge Jeannie was on Uh. and Fox and friends quoted her saying there will be an uproar in this country if they end up with an indictment against a Trump family member just to get it POTUS. Uh. So, well, that's asserting that the reason they would indict a family member is only to get to the POTUS, not because of actual criminal activity. It's just very frustrating because conservatives will criticize Hillary supporters for not seeing her criminal investigations uh, for what they were or taking them seriously. And they were legitimate. And then they're doing the same thing, that there's going to be an uproar. Well, why would there be an uproar? You know, I was watching this Guardian video. I think it was two weeks old and they were interviewing Trump supporters. Of course, take that with a grain of salt. You don't know how many people they stopped, whatever. But they did stop one person. Donald Trump, baby. They did stop one person. Was who, it that guy? Uh, well, <laughs> he said, I don't care if he had to cheat. I want him in there over Clinton. That's right. And so I think that there's probably many people who feel that way. Which is very alarming. I also want to read a retweet of James Woods because this is very disappointing from he, James Woods. He's a no, no. It's not not even. I don't even know what the tweet is. James Woods is a dick face. I was going to make a joke, but then oh. you. I stepped on your dick. Go ahead. Oh yeah, jokes always work out when you say I was going to make a joke, and then someone says, "Go ahead and make the joke," and then we all patiently wait for the joke yeah, that to be never made. Works yeah, it works out. really great. No, so James Woods tweeted. <laughs> I've never witnessed such hatred for a man who is willing to work for free to make his beloved country a better place. It's pathological. Uh, What's the joke? I'm not doing it. (laughs) Everyone loses because of what you did. I know. Yeah. Well, the big news is not even this. For the the record, the joke was going to be about John Q. And I was going to call it one of the greatest movies ever made because James Woods is in just John couldn't, Q. Couldn't help yourself. No, I'm not making the joke. I'm just telling what the joke is about. <laughs> and you would have loved it because you hate John Q. I've never watched the full movie because it sucks. It does not it's suck. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Great film. Denzel's worst effort. No. Yes. No. As I was trying to say. You're the puppet. <laughs> you are the puppet. 
This isn't even the biggest news, everything we've talked about up to this point. The big news that we're burying the lead in the last 10 minutes of the show is that Robert Mueller has impaneled a goddamn grand jury. The Wall Street Journal at the moment is reporting that special counsel Bob Mueller has impaneled a grand jury here uh, with regard to Russia's interference in the 2016 presidential election. So I've got a lot of lawyers I want to bring in to walk us through exactly what this means uh, here in this investigation. I have Denny Savalos, Jeff Tubin uh, is on the phone, Paul Callen uh, is here with me in New York, and Chris Saliza is in Washington. Um, but Jeff Tubin, let me just begin with you on the phone. What, how significant is this? What, what does this mean? Well, it's certainly significant, but I, I don't think we should overstate it. What it means is that Mueller can now take sworn testimony in front of the grand jury, can start subpoenaing people, asking people to people to testify. And, of course, if he gets enough evidence, he can now uh, ask the grand jury for an indictment uh, of people. Now, just because a grand jury is impaneled doesn't mean that there will be indictment, but you can't have indictments without a grand jury. So, it is certainly a significant step. It shows that he means business. It shows that he is doing a serious criminal investigation, which he thinks should be proceed, should proceed. But uh, it does not mean uh, that criminal charges are imminent, nor does mm-hmm. it mean criminal charges will ever even happen. Which is a little bit of a ridiculous assertion that maybe criminal charges will not be or indictments will not be brought down. Because of the fact that it is widely, widely understood. There's a saying that um, a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich. Meaning it's very easy because there's no... The defense isn't involved with a grand jury. It's only the prosecutor. It is a mechanism by which that you get indictments. That you issue subpoenas to get documents. And that is what's going to happen here. Robert Mueller is going to get subpoenas... For documents, both public and private. He's going to get email records from from internet service providers. He's going to get cell phone records from phone carriers. He is going to get financial records from banks. He very well may be able to subpoena from the Treasury Department Donald Trump's tax returns. Now, all of this, if done well, and I hope it's done well, to, to avoid a cloud surrounding the investigation and giving the other side ammunition. I hope it it is secret. I hope we don't know exactly what's going on. We just have to trust that Mueller is getting the job done because he is a consummate professional. But that's not the only source of information that they have. They also have at their disposal the width and breadth of the intelligence community relative to intercepted communications of foreign agents who have talked to uh, Paul Manafort, trying to organize and set up communications with him to pass information on Hillary Clinton to the campaign. They have all of this at their disposal, and the grand jury is, like Jeffrey Tubin has been saying, is the end of the beginning. So let's not get ahead of ourselves and think that they're, they're going to be rolling out indictments anytime soon. This is a mechanism by which we get to the stage that we have indictments. Yeah, I think we should also not get ahead of ourselves, though, and say that indictments are inevitable simply because we're at this stage. The vast majority of times that a grand jury is impaneled results in indictments. That's fine, but we still want to be people who wait for the evidence. I'm just talking about statistics. Okay. Most times, grand juries end in indictments. Okay. And it's wishful thinking. Let me be happy. So and it's wishful. inevitable that it's going to happen here, everybody. Goddamn. Uh, not inevitable. Michael if I said Flynn. inevitable, it's just, it's positive. It's happy thinking. Right. Well, this is not the first grand jury ends of this case, though. There, there's a grand jury in Virginia related to Michael Flynn. That's so, right. Uh, this is the. Is this the second grand jury well, this, this under is, the umbrella of the Russia investigation? That is right. This is directly related. Well, they've already subpoenaed documents related to the meeting that Donald Trump Jr., Jared Kushner, and Paul Manafort had at Trump Tower. So this is directly related to that, which can go off into multiple directions, both the collusion and also the financial crimes aspect of this involving uh, Prevazon and those Russian oligarchs, the lawyer for whom 
is uh, Natalia Veselnitskaya, mm-hmm. which I've talked about at length and done videos about. Also really good at saying her name. Thank you. As, an, as a whitey, as an American, I probably am not saying it well. I should have one of our Russian listeners whom we know. Here's a tip. Critique it. Here's a tip. When you get complimented, what, what is a good thing to do is you say, thank you. And then you continue. Oh, are you, you're giving me tips. Yes. On, on how to receive a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. I appreciate that uh, advice on how to take a compliment. You're welcome. Your compliment is not well received, though. Mm. I shit on your compliment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Taken care of biz. So, some woman. Some woman yeah, taking some, care of biz. Some woman on a Southwest Airlines flight from Seattle to San Jose. She started snooping a little bit on. Oh, you love to snoop. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> she started snooping a little bit on text messages. That a man was sending on his phone. Apparently, he had the enlarged font texting on, where it's bigger text, that's so right, easier yeah. to read. Yeah, and she, it's like one of those uh, one of those phones that they sell that they brag about the big buttons for old people. Yeah, it's like that. You could, there's a setting on your iPhone to make it like, ah, I'm looking at the big text. Yeah, or just for someone who prefers big text, uh, <laughs> you know. But let's not make excuses for this guy, because this guy was texting about molesting kids. God damn. That is brazen. Yeah. Not not only the molesting of the kids, but also texting about it. Yeah. So this woman saw these text messages and alerted people on the plane. Not not everybody on the plane. She uh, just got up? No. She, she just stood up and... Don't talk, uh, no. baby! Uh, we got some Hillary bitches on here. I mean, I could see Come on, baby. if she did that, that Trump. would make sense, right? If she started just screaming. What and did she do? She told somebody, and somehow the authorities were alerted. Maybe the flight crew. Yeah, and so when they arrived at the airport, police officers were there. Uh. He was detained, and he has been charged, along with the person that he was texting about this, who was a woman. They knew about it, too. Well, they were texting about this. They were like exchanging sexually explicit messages about molesting kids. And the victims have been identified two children ages five and seven. Wow. And they have both been booked into the Santa Clara County Jail on two counts of attempted child molestation and two counts of solicitation of a sex crime. Good for that lady. Yeah. I... I don't know how I would have reacted. I don't know if I would have had the discipline to do what she did. Do you? Think that you would have had the discipline? No, do you think you would have had the discipline to be quiet and just go tell a flight attendant? I mean, it's hard to know how you would react in that situation. Thinking about it, obviously the smarter thing to do. Well, you know what? It doesn't really matter because you're going to land and he's screwed anyway. So why not? Well, you don't want to give him time to delete shit. I mean, that's not going to stop well, the law. They're going to get it anyway. Yeah. But it would. It would. Well, you could snatch his phone from him and be like, this is mine now. I could. Yeah, that's going to go over well <laughs> with a guy who's who's then, at that point then fighting for his life. Yeah. And his freedom. All right. Listen, you're the one who started down this path, and now you're coming back around to saying that the best course of action is telling the flight crew, yes, that is the best course of action. Brittany, you're doing a really good job <laughs> of not, I don't know. See, I just can't even compliment. It's just, you threw me off my game. Yeah. So <laughs> this woman is taking care of biz because, well, she was snooping, but it's important So snooping. is it the snooping that's taking care of biz or the taking action or the taking action covertly? It's just all, all of it, because she did something that will help these kids. They are no longer going to be victimized by yeah, these people. Yeah. And that is really what matters here. And so snooping or not snooping, whatever, start reading Stranger's Phone on the plane is basically the moral of this story. 
Well, it's the second time we've talked about this recently because there was the 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 girl, yeah. the, the overweight girl, yeah. who was snooping on the guy's phone as he was making shitty jokes about her. Yes. Having eaten a Mexican. M- yeah. Uh, Mexican food. No, no. She said, the, the guy he was texting said, now we're getting in the weeds, but the guy he was texting said, hopefully she didn't have Mexican food. And he texted back, yeah, she ate a whole Mexican. I don't remember that, but okay. That obviously really sat with you. Uh, it really sat with me. Yeah. Is that the phrase? It really sat with you? I don't... Uh, Stuck with you, Yeah, I think. stuck with you. Um, what are you, a foreigner? This is your first time in English? I, I don't know what's happening. It's the end of the show. It's hashtag third episode. It it's is. It's been a long week. Well, let's just end it there. How about that? <laughs> okay. She's taking care of biz. Thank you, woman, for doing that. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. Listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Go visit dollamore.info. Get your classy laid shirt. Your hashtag classy laid shirt. Your you're the puppet shirt, an I doubt it mug, uh, an I doubt it t-shirt, a tote bag. Do we even mention the tote bags? Holy yes. shit! Totes. We got totes. Got tote bags. That joke has probably never been made before. Brittany, you're really, really good at coming up with original jokes. It's time to end the show. You're supposed to respond with thank you. Time to end the show. If you would like to call, sound off, leave us a comment or question. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We will see you next time next week with another hashtag third episode. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. The Donald Trump is an unabashed, filthy, disgusting, pig-headed liar. Now, I think he's a really honest guy. Um, 